Welcome back to Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Rimmick. Are you ready to do a little bass buzzing? Because I sure am. Let's get buzzed. Ladies and gentlemen, a man that, that probably really needs no introduction. We're bringing to you live right now, old Denny Brower. Yeah. yeah. Denny, welcome to the show, buddy. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, dude, it's it's an honor to have you on. What, what's what's going on? What's Denny Brower's Christmas plans? What's going on in, in, in the Texas Christmas? Well, doing a lot of fishing and quite a bit of deer hunting right now. <laughs> it sounds it That's sounds drag. Yeah, I mean, it sounds ideal. It, it sounds ideal. You know, hey, uh, you know, Denny, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a couple things by you, dude. I mean, we'll, let's do a little recap in case some people don't know. You're a uh, you're you're a, you're a TV star, uh, author, FLW champion, Bass Angler of the Year, Bassmaster Classic winner, uh, Major League Fishing champion, member of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. You've you've been on the Wheaties box, and for crying out loud, you've even been on David Letterman. That that's a career right there. Wow. It- it has been a lot of fun. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, no doubt about it. It's, it's. What else can you do, Denny? Uh, there's always more you can do, but uh, it's just been a wonderful career. I've had a lot of neat opportunities. And, and you know, you you actually retired, but you really didn't retire. You, I mean, you re- you retired and then you just came back and you're like, ha ha, just kidding. I'm going to win some more derbies. Brett Favre. Yeah, you did, you did it, dude. That was pretty cool. Well, I, I did kind of retire from full-time bass fishing. Uh, had some health issues and I really need to slow down and take care of them. And once we got those taken care of, you still got that burning desire to go out there and do a, a little bit of the competition fishing. So I still stay involved and of course, I'm still doing a lot of work with the sponsors and that. So you never get away from something you truly love to do. Yeah, I, I, and you kind of said it right there. Something you love to do, and it's evident that uh, that this is a is a sport that that you love, man. I mean, you you at a time. Um, let's put it this way: you made a lot of money when there wasn't a lot of money to be made. Yeah, uh, you, you you really came out. Uh, came out swinging you you what you you won about three zillion dollars at this sport you know and at that time there wasn't there wasn't all the money that there is now there weren't the hundred thousand dollar tournaments the hundred and fifty thousand dollar tournaments you you were winning when it when the stakes weren't there i mean what makes you so good denny brower well i think uh you know i grew up poor (laughs) worked real hard for whatever dime i had so i took that same uh work ethic to the sport of bass fishing and realized early on that if you were going to be successful in the sport, you had to figure out how to win. And uh, so the techniques that I tried to make my strengths were very conducive to winning. Uh, if you did get on the right bunch of fish. And I think that was part of it. But a lot of it was just putting in long practice days, working real hard and being able to uh, put a bad tournament behind me and also being able to put a tournament I won behind me and stay hungry. I think that was part of the key. And just coming out determined every time, every time. And, and you touched on something there. You know, if it was setting up for you, I mean, you're a flipper. There's no doubt about it. Everybody knows Denny Brower's a flipper. And, and there was a time on the tour when, when if it was a flip bite, people were like, we're in trouble because here comes Denny. 
you know, here come here comes Danny. What uh, as, as far as the flipping goes, uh, what what was the draw to that? What's the initial the initial draw to the to the flipping technique for you? Well, what really brought me to it was uh, trying to figure out what the best technique would be to win. And uh, I, early on, I realized that a lot of the big fish being caught in tournaments were being caught on jigs. And once I started to read up when flipping first started to become known, uh, it was a big fish technique. And I thought, well, if I can combine flipping with a jig and, uh, you know, get the bait into the places where those big fish like to live, the heaviest cover on any body of water. Uh, I'll be fishing for some of the bigger fish, uh, and I'll also be fishing for some fish that probably aren't getting as much fishing pressure. Yeah, that, that is true. Why do you see a decline in the number of, of derbies being won by, by the flipping bite? Why, why do you think that is? I think some of it's scheduling, uh, where you go. Uh, you know, even back uh, when we first started flipping, there were sometimes you wouldn't even get a flipping stick out of the rod locker if you got to a lake that was real clear and low. So a lot of it was conditions, and then the next uh, year you might have a schedule that it hit every place that was flood and water was high, dirty, and it was really very conducive to that technique. So, uh, you know, there's just so many variables there. But nowadays I think uh, anglers have discovered more techniques. You know, back then we didn't have the drop shot in a lot of finesse techniques that we have now, and I think uh, – there, there's a wider arsenal that fishermen have to choose from, so that kind of spreads the techniques out, spreads uh, the anglers out a little bit more, so that uh, you know you don't have everybody doing the same thing. What's what's too close when it comes to fishing? How close is too close when it comes to flipping? I should say, how close is too close? Uh, you mean to the fish or yeah. with another angler? No, to, <laughs> to, the fish. <laughs> to the fish. Nobody wants to get close to Danny Brower on the water. We know that. No, I, I, I don't even want to see him, let alone, you know, <laughs> uh, be around too many boats because, uh, you know, boat traffic does spook big fish and makes them a little bit harder to catch. But in regards to the fish, if the water's dirty and you've got canopy cover and they don't have a direct line of sight to you, you can get pretty close to them, uh, but if the water's clear and you're fishing isolated targets, that's when you really need to stay back and use the pitching techniques. So a lot of it's common sense, uh, but, boy, you're just so much more efficient the closer you can fish the fish as far as, you know, detecting your bites, getting good lure placement, getting in more presentations, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what's something that you see, like when you say you're watching another angler flip? Okay, and you're what's what's something that bothers you about the way other people flip? Like, what's a mistake they're making? I think a lot of them are going way too slow. Uh, I think they got to realize the bite itself, uh, analyze it, and pick up on it a little quicker. Uh, you'll see some guys, you know, they'll they'll catch a fish, and you know the fish hit it on the drop. But yet they'll continue to fish real slow and work their bait, you know, three or four feet out of the cover before they make the next presentation and continue to do that where that one fish should have already told them, well, they're fairly aggressive. They're hitting on the drop. So when my bait hits the bottom, it's coming out of there and going into the next place. And if I can figure that one thing out compared to the next angler, I've obviously probably am going to be able to fish three times more targets in a day than he is. So a lot of it's those little bitty things that they don't really 
uh, I pick up on the pattern within the pattern is, I guess, the best way I can put it. That's great advice. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely, a little rapid fire. Tell tell uh, tell some people out there that might not know what a pattern within a pattern is, Danny. Well, it can be you know, uh, say we're flipping stumps. Everybody knows that man, the fish are on the stumps. Well, the guy that figures out that they're all on the shady side of the stump or the sunny side or the shallow side, the upcurrent side, whatever, that is the pattern within the pattern. He's refined that target to where he knows exactly where to make the presentation where the fish is going to be. Another pattern within the pattern is what I just talked about. How's, how are the fish hitting the bait? Are they hitting it on the fall? Do you have to sit there and jig it up and down? So it's all those little things that you piece together. Something else can be. You can have all these stumps, but it may be only the stumps that are on the points or the stumps that are on the ledges. So it's it's refining, uh, you know, your targets and refining your bite is all a pattern within a pattern is. Yeah, you there it is right there. It totally dialed in. Wow. That's the deal. Totally dialed in. Hey, Denny, you know what I really miss? Well, that's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask me. Say, Pat, what do you really miss? What do you really miss? I miss Schooled by Denny Brower. I love that yeah. show. Well, that was a lot of fun to do. It did take a lot of work because uh, we would uh, film the angler, and then uh, we'd have another day where I'd go retrace his uh, footsteps, so to speak, and we'd film that, and then we'd have to go to the studio and film the in-studio stuff. So it was kind of a three-pronged approach to doing that show where, you know, when we were doing bass class and doing uh, bass battles and something like that, you'd be able to knock a show out today. So, from a cost perspective, it was a it was a more expensive show to produce, but uh, we sure did get a lot of good feedback on it. You know, I still think about one one thing from that show. There are a lot of things I think about about it, but at least once a week, uh, there's there's one thing that goes through my head from that show is you were critiquing a guy for rigging up on the water. And every night before a tournament or just, just going fun fishing or whatever, I'm always like Danny said <laughs> to have everything rigged. So I got to stay up and rig everything. <laughs> yeah, well, You've cost me a lot of have, sleep. I'll say that. <laughs> you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun with that show. <laughs> no doubt. And I love when you hammer the guys. You know, like you'd say, you can't set the hook with one hand. You know, you'd be all over them, dude. You'd be browering the hell out of them. It was that all- show needs to come back. Well, you know, part of it's entertainment, but part of it is you, you want to help people become better anglers. And that was really what the bottom line of the show was. How can we make people better? And once in a while, you got to, you know, really put the hammer on somebody to get a point across. So, But people do remember that. Well, speaking of hammering people, you know, Denny, you got a reputation. I mean, you have a, like, I've heard that if you look at a person wrong, you, that you, that Denny Brower, you have the power to turn them to stone. Is that true? Well, you try to use that to your advantage. Uh, you know, uh, a winning spot is not a winning spot once in a while if there's two people fishing it. So if you can figure out how to keep that spot to yourself, your odds of winning go up. So once in a while, you just got to kind of point out to somebody that uh, maybe they'd be better off fishing somewhere else. 
<laughs> I think ELO wrote a song about that. Yeah, yeah. Turn to stone. Turn that's to about stone. Denny Brower. That's, that is. That's the Denny Brower anthem. Turn to stone. Right, right there. <laughs> or, or now you're messing with a beep, beep, beep. Right there, son yeah. of a beep. Right. Hey, uh, Denny, I need to. I want to. I want you to tell everybody a couple stories. Okay. There's a couple things I really want to know about. And um, the first one is. How awesome was it that you were actually on a Wheaties box? I mean, that's a that's a full circle of of um, of authentication that bass fishing is a is a major player. You're on the Wheaties box. What was that ninety eight? In ninety eight, correct. I mean, that was a miracle season for you, ninety eight, no doubt. But let, tell me about like what what's going through Danny Brower's head when you're you're on your way to go to the photo shoot. For the Wheaties box, like, are you like, what is going on here? How you, what are you thinking at that time? Yeah, you're really pretty amazed. You're elated that you're there to start with, and you realize how important of a deal it is because you, you, you grow up following something like that. You know, who, who's the latest and greatest on the Wheaties box, and you think more in terms of Olympics and things like that. And it never ever dawned on me that I would be on a Wheaties box. And what else never dawned on me was how far reaching it is. And, uh, you know, there's still people come up, uh, when I'm at a tournament, they'll have a Wheaties box to be signed and look at how many years ago that was. So it's a, it's a pretty crazy thing, but it was very, very gratifying. And, and you did not disappoint by the fact that you were on that Wheaties box. I mean, you, I, you carried the legacy, you know, who did disappoint me, Bruce Jenner. He disappointed me that he was, <laughs> when he was on the Wheaties. Hey guys, I want that for, for Christmas. <laughs> What do you want for Christmas? I want to autograph Danny Brower's Wheaties box. We got that coming for, for you, Christmas. JP. <laughs> we, we, we got Thanks. that. We got that. Hey, tell me about Letterman, man. I remember, I remember you being on David Letterman, and I was, I was so excited about that. I'm like, I can't believe this. Uh, tell me a Letterman story, dude. Well, that was probably the most uh, frightful experience I ever had because being a Letterman fan and watching Letterman, a lot, you know how he can uh, really hammer a guest. And I figured, boy, I'm going to be chopped meat when I get there. But I also <laughs> realized that, you know, the whole industry was going to be watching. You were kind of representing the sport of bass fishing. And it was a neat opportunity to hopefully get some positive exposure for the sport. So I looked at it as an opportunity, and, and it was a neat deal. They treated me great. And, of course, Letterman, he, uh, you know, they do a interview ahead of time to try to give you an idea where he may go with his line of questioning. And then when you actually get there, he does the total opposite. So you, there's no way you're going to be prepared. I mean, <laughs> that's just the way he is. But uh, the the thing went relatively good. And as soon as uh, I got off stage, uh, the producer came up to me and asked me whether I'd like to come back and do it again. And so we got to go. I think that was in October when we did the first appearance. And then that following April, we got to come back on in the, Second time we got to come back on, uh, the main guest was Jesse Jackson, and his plane was late. So I almost got the whole show, which is unheard of. So got a lot of your time. <laughs> I'd much rather watch Denny Brower than Jesse Jackson any day. <laughs> I, I agree. Yes. <laughs> any day. And, and, uh, and I remember the, uh, the flipping demonstration, dude. You nailed it. You nailed it on Letterman. Has there been another pro bass fisherman on David Letterman? I don't even think KVD was on any no, late night I don't talk think shows. So either that's it's historic. That's you, awesome. Wheaties Letterman. 
That's Denny Brower. That's huge. That's Denny Brower, and he's right here live right now on Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Hey, Denny, we're right up against the break. Do you want to uh, stick around? We'll do another segment. I'd be happy to. Awesome. Hey, keep it locked. We're coming back with Denny Brower on the Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television Christmas Special. Ya ciao, ho, ho. Christmas without you. So blue. I'm John DeMay with Them Jigs. Today, I'd like to share with you a little bit about a couple products that we have in our lineup that we're really excited about. The first product I'd like to talk to you about today is the Joe Football Head Jig. Right out of the package, you'll notice that our football head jig is different than most on the market. What makes our jigs different is the quality of components. Let's start with the hook. These hooks are custom made for us in Japan. 90 degree bend, black nickel hooks, razor sharp, JDM quality. All of our Joe football head jigs have living rubber skirts. They're hand tied with copper wire to ensure that they stay affixed and it also helps them to flare while they're in the water. We powder paint and heat cure each jig to ensure that the paint stays on your jig even when you're fishing rock. Another feature that separates our jig from other jigs on the market is the screw lock keeper. The screw lock keeper does a couple things for you. Not only does it keep your beta fixed, it'll save you money on soft plastics that pull off of standard barb keepers. The second product I'd like to talk to you about is our hybrid flip and swim jig. We also have a custom hook in our flip and swim jig. It's a 4-aught, 30-degree bend, black nickel hook. It has the same durable paint, the same great keeper, and a hand-tied silicone skirt to complete it. So if you're looking for a premium product that's going to give you an edge over your competition, look us up at demjigs.com. Welcome back. Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick. We're bass buzzing on the Christmas special with the one, the only, Denny Brower. Welcome back, Denny. Welcome back. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Hey, y'all, uh, what, uh, what grinds Denny Brower's gears? What grinds your gears, man? Uh... I didn't quite copy on that. I like what grinds your gears. What uh, what sets you off? What's one of your pet peeves? Oh gosh! Yeah, you know, I, I guess I really don't have a whole lot. I'm a pretty chilled out individual right now. I'm living a good life, so <laughs> I kind of just roll with the flow. Uh, back when I was, uh, you know, hard at it. As far as fishing, I guess uh, irresponsible boat driving probably drove me as nuts as anything when some of these uh, guys that thought they were super racers but really couldn't handle their equipment uh, got dangerous. That really did irritate me. Yeah, they j- just total uh, evils like Knievel on the water. Yeah, yeah. accident waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, I mean, y- you kind of let it right into here to, to, to my next question with uh, – you know, boat driving is a serious deal, and let's face it: for us bass fishermen, it uh, it puts some hurting on our bodies. 
Uh, do you feel that that some of the injuries you may have sustained over your uh, fishing career are a direct result of uh, of riding in a bass boat so much? Well, I'm like a big bag of titanium, so I'm probably like a poster <laughs> child for in- injuries. But, uh, you know, it probably does t- take a toll. You do it that many years, and you look at some of the horrendous runs we make in rough water. Uh, that, you know, you look at a bull rider, he takes an eight-second ride, and uh, we do it for, you know, hours upon hours. So uh, <laughs> it, it has to take its abuse. But, uh, you know, the first major back injury I had uh, was actually on a float trip accident uh, where I got trapped in some white water. Oh, jeez. And had to fight my way out of a log jam. The next one I had was because one of the big scarabs ran by my boat. Well, I was idling and threw it up in the air and went to come down. To, it blew out a lumbar disc out. So, you know, you look at all the long, hard rides I did. I never got hurt on any of them. But, uh, you know, you you try to take it easy and you get hurt. And, so. and, and is it an urban legend or a myth that, that your uh, your bones and your, your joints are actually comprised of uh, Strike King tungsten flipping weights right now? So that, that so you're indestructible? Is that true? Well, it, they might as well be because they certainly aren't original parts. I can tell you that. <laughs> so you got like for certain certain joints, you got the one ounce uh, punching weights, and then in your fingers, you got the the three sixteenth ounce flip weights. It's a it's a whole comp. It's it's comprised of many different sizes, correct? Yeah, there's a major collection in one shoulder and, and a major collection in a knee. So. <laughs> hey, hey, Denny, I'm going to tell you about a tournament that. Uh, that sticks out in my mind and and w- one of my favorites to watch all of us uh sitting here myself ryan whitaker and, and jp hey we are hi hey jp hi we uh we we have these denny brower derbies that stick in our mind and the one that i think of the most is that 2004 tournament on uh on Ufala. and you were flipping those bushes man and just what a cool deal to watch and the big fish that you came into as, I mean, tell, tell me your point of view on that derby. Yeah, you follow, you know, it, it's one of those lakes that's kind of known as a ledge lake, a structure type of lake. And the last few times that we went there, I was able to win the events. One of them was flipping lily pads. And, uh, and the other one was uh, just flipping isolated little clumps of grass and bushes and things like that. And Gosh, you wouldn't get a lot of bites, but when you get a bite, they, they'd be real quality fish. So that was pretty exciting. And I went into that tournament not thinking I probably had a chance to win because I wasn't getting many bites, but uh, I was able to get enough, and they were the right quality. Who's that? You edged out that uh, it was a kid at the time. What what was that guy's name? Desario? Is that Bink Desario? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he was he was flipping mats. I remember that. And but here's here's what struck me the most. I I've I've watched lots of Brower stuff. Not to be creepy, but I've I've watched you over your career, dude. And you seemed more excited at that derby than maybe I've ever seen you. You were even. I remember you even going. Uh, you're gonna go like an Ellie on him. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> <laughs> was that a highlight for you of your career, or does it kind of blend together sometimes? You know, every tournament's a highlight at that particular time because it is so hard to win at that level. But that was just a real close event. I think I only beat Bink by like two ounces. 
So, uh, you know, I think that added to the excitement of it. But, uh, no, everyone, uh, you know, affects you a little bit different. But I get super excited any time I'm in contention to win because that's, you know, that's the reason we fish. And uh, the more you can put yourself in that position, uh, you know, the better career you're going to have. So uh, I've never been one to just try to go out there and look good. Uh, I've had a lot of last-place finishes, too. (laughs) All or nothing. Hey, Denny, Ryan Whitaker here. Um, I want to take you to uh, a couple years past that one, to 2011, to the uh, the Diamond Drive tournament on the Arkansas River. Um, that tournament, a little different. There. I mean, there wasn't – that's one of my favorite Elite Series tournaments. Um, one, because you won it. And two, just it was, it was one of the most exciting tournaments to watch. It felt like a sporting event more than a lot of the coverage just because of the lock variable. And it, it seemed like catching fish for you was all secondary. It was like, yeah, I'm going to get up there. If you give me an hour, I'll get them. <laughs> I just got to get back. And, uh, I mean, t- that must have been – that had to have been the most stressful moment for you on the water. I mean, t- talk about how, how terrible that was having to wait for the lock and not knowing if you were going to get back and get the win or not. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, something you knew when you went into the tournament, uh, when you're going through two locks, you're going to have to come back through those two locks. And with the barge traffic, there's always a chance you're not going to get back. And, uh, uh, you know, that last day, uh, we could have got locked through, uh, but it was one of them deals. The lockmaster chose to let a barge in. And if it hadn't been for some of the anglers really – getting on the phone and sticking uh, with the lockmaster urging him to you know get us in there and get us through i'd have never got in and i would have ended up second in the event and uh, aaron martins would have won it but timmy horton and some of the guys just really pushed as hard as they could to get that barge in get him out and get us in and flood the lock and you know let us out of there and then the boat race to the to the way in and we were all late but luckily uh we got there in enough time where i didn't lose all my weight and i still had enough to win but uh I, you know you remember it from the drama of that but i was just so glad uh, to finally win a tournament totally offshore every fish i caught was you know on structure with a football jig and uh, normally uh, my whole career i've uh, won by at least catching part of my fish shallow during events. So it was kind of special to do an offshore deal. Yeah, it helped that you built up a 10-pound lead, too, going into that fourth day. <laughs> they were Broward. And that guy, I mean, that's not, you know, it's, it's not easy to get a 10-pound lead on a river. You know, that, that was impressive. And then one of my favorite moments was, too, was Gerald Swindle told you, when, that, when, those, when those doors open, as soon as it's wide <laughs> enough for your boat, just gun it. Yeah, and he did. That's what I remember, and it was awesome. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that was almost a kiss of death because I was the first boat out, and when I put the hammer down, a big log had floated into the front there, and I caught that big log, and I was, you know, lucky I didn't tear something up. So by the time I cleared the log, I was about the sixth or seventh boat that was on plan. So. <laughs> and, and the outcome was phenomenal. The, the, that's what it was. Hey, Denny, in your bass career, your expansive BASS career, do you know how many pounds of bass you have caught over that entire career? Do you have any idea? No, I, I really don't. Uh, that's 
you know, statistics, I guess. Uh, well, we know. I never was. We, <laughs> well, we know, Denny. We're go- we're going to tell you. JP, hi. How many pounds has Denny Brower caught over his career? 8,785 pounds. 8,780? That's, that's nuts, dude. Dude, that, actually, I'm sure it's way more than that. I mean, that's... That's just BASS. That's just yeah, BASS. That's yeah. just BASS. Right that's down. not FLW. That's, that's only BASS. So I'd say you're at about, I don't know... Half a million pounds? That's not, <laughs> yeah, not schooled by, by Denny Brower. All that. <laughs> MLF, yeah. Well, no wonder I had to get my shoulder replaced. <laughs> <laughs> all that lifting, all that lifting. Hey, Denny, let's, uh, let's play a little game, okay? Are you down for a little game playing? I, I'm totally down. Yes, we're, we're going to do this. We're, I'm like the Bugs Bunny of bass fishing talk show hosts, so I like to play games, okay? And, and this is a little word association game. So I'm going to say something. I'm going to give you a word, and you, and you kind of tell me the first thing that pops to your mind, Danny, whether it's about bass fishing or life or whatever. You just, whatever pops. Well, this could be dangerous. It's going to be very dangerous, I assure you. <laughs> whatever pops in Denny Brower's mind. You say it right there. Can I get a little game show music, please, uh, Andy Ginger? Ah, yes. Welcome to the Bass and Match Game. With professional bass fisherman Denny Brower, I'm your host, Pat Renwick. And here we go. Denny Brower, Greenhorn. Greenhorn. Van Dam. Van Dam. <laughs> yes. Yes. Excellent. Uh, he gets double points for that. <laughs> yes. That's the daily double. Um, dance with who brung you? Dance with who brung you, Denny? Flipping. <laughs> Flipping. <laughs> Bass fishing supermodel. Bass fishing supermodel. Oh, gosh. Roland Martin. Roland Martin, yeah. Where's the studio <laughs> audience for that one? The old golden boy. The old golden boy, Roland Martin. <laughs> love that, Denny. I love that. Long hauls and close calls. Long hauls and close calls? Yeah, long hauls and close calls. Well, that'd be the Arkansas River Tournament. <laughs> okay. Diamond drop. There, there it is right there. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Probably eating too much. <laughs> eating too much. <laughs> What's your favorite, man? What, what, what would you pick? What's your favorite uh, delicacy? Oh, God. I, seafood. Uh, I'm, I've got a tremendous weakness for lobster and all those good things. I have the same thing. I see food and I eat it, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> hey, the, ba- the bass fishing Grinch. The bass fishing Grinch. I Canelli. I Canelli. <laughs> He's the bass fishing Grinch. Hey, uh, Danny, who's the heir to the flipping throne? Who's the heir to the flipping throne? I, you're the king. Who's the heir? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh... You know, Tommy Biffle, there's just a lot of guys out there that have had a lot of success over the years uh, with the technique. So uh, I, I think it's, you know, a, a toss-up. There's so many guys that are very, very good at it that uh, I don't know whether you can single anybody really out. I, I'm, come on, you got to pick somebody. I mean, Biffle, he's, I'm, like, is there any young guys? I'm not noticing any young guys that are really practiced at the art of flipping these days. 
Ooh, fair cloth. Well, Hackney, of course, but uh, you know, Hackney's no, no, no greenhorn. Like we were saying there, who's a yeah? Young- you know, I guess I just don't follow enough of those young guys to pay attention to exactly, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are anymore. So, but uh, there's nobody that really jumps out. I think you all know, the young guys you know. have to just do it all now. Yeah, they, they have, have to do it all. It, it seems like they're that way. It, it, it seems like they're that way. Hey, uh, what's in store for Denny Brower in 2017? Uh, you know, I'm going to fish the FLW Costa events in this part of the country. And, uh, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of local events here, charity events, et cetera. And fish uh, lakes that I really want to go fishing on. I'll uh you making several trips over to Mexico, fishing Comodero and some of the good lakes over there. And of course, when you live on Lake Amistad, you, you fish just about every day. I mean, it's an awesome body of water to retire on. So, yes. uh, fishing will occupy a major part of the year, and then come fall, we'll be off chasing them big deer again. Nice, nice, Denny. I always like to get advice from my heroes. Uh, give us knuckleheads a little bit of advice on on how we can make it in this bass fishing industry as talk show hosts. What do we, how do we do it? How do we do this, Denny? Well, I think you're doing everything right. I think you guys are doing a great, great job. And you know, I always said when I was doing the TV, there was basically three things that uh, people wanted. They wanted competition. They they wanted entertainment, and they wanted education. And I think you cover a lot of that. Nice. That, that's the trifecta right there, the awesome. Denny Brower trifecta. We are taking that to heart right there. Denny, thank you so much for, for coming on this show, dude, and uh, and Merry Christmas to you and your family, man. I hope you have a phenomenal Christmas and, and a very happy New Year to you, Denny. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys and all your fans. I really appreciate you having me on. Go catch a big one for us and send me a picture, would you? I will do. All right. Thank you very much. That <laughs> is legend Denny Brower right yep. here. Bass buzzing on Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Hey, we got more to come on the Straight Cast Christmas special. Why is this even a Christmas special? I don't know. Let's go drill a hole and flip into it. I yeah, got let's the, I got the we, itch now. We got to go flip. But you know what? When we get back, we have uh, Cody Meyer telling us some world record stories when we get back right here. Stick around. Ho, ho, spots. ho. Don't you go. Cody Meyer's up next.